This is video podcast 56 from learningradiology.com, Fractures and Dislocations of the Forearm. Hello, I'm William Herring from Albert Einstein Medical Center in Philadelphia. In this podcast, we're going to discuss fractures of both the radius and ulna, Montagio fracture dislocations, Galeazzi fracture dislocations, acute plastic bowing, and nightstick fractures. Upper extremity fractures account for almost half of all of the fractures in the body. They're usually produced by either a fall on an outstretched hand, foosh, or by a direct blow. The forearm is the most common part of the body injured during skateboarding accidents. Some normal anatomy. In the lateral projection, the radius and ulna superimpose on each other. No matter what the projection, a line which is drawn along the shaft of the radius should intersect the capitellum of the humerus. In supination, the radius and the ulna are parallel to each other. In pronation, they overlap. And again, a line that's drawn along the shaft of the radius should, in all projections, intersect a portion of the capitellum. Fractures of both the radius and ulna occur as a result of fall on an outstretched hand or a significant force which is applied directly to the forearm. The distal third of the forearm is most commonly fractured. Here are two examples of fractures of both the radius and the ulna. In this example, we can clearly see there are transverse fractures of the distal radius and ulna with posterior angulation of the distal fracture fragments. In the other case, which is similar, there are also fractures of the distal radius and ulna with dorsal angulation. Whenever one of the two bones of the forearm fractures with considerable shortening, usually due to angulation, then there has to be something which causes real or virtual shortening of the other bone. That something can be the other bone can fracture, the other bone can dislocate, or ligaments can be torn, or a combination of the three. Giovanni Battista Montagia, an Italian physician and surgeon, described the fracture which is named after him in 1842, which was some 53 years before Rankin discovered x-rays, and he did it based on clinical observations and physical findings. Riccardo Galeazzi, an Italian surgeon, described the fracture named after him in 1934. Both the Montagia and Galeazzi fractures, besides being named after Italian physicians, are fractures in which there is shortening of one of the bones of the forearm with dislocation of the other bone. The mechanism for a Montagia fracture dislocation is usually a direct blow to the forearm or forced pronation during a fall. It is a fracture of the proximal ulna, usually with the distal fragment angulated dorsally, along with anterior dislocation of the radial head. This is the most common constellation of findings. The combination of a fracture of the proximal radius and ulnar shaft together, which we saw earlier in this podcast, has been called a Montagia equivalent. Complications of Montagia fracture dislocations include non-union and limitation of motion, especially at the elbow. This is a Montagia fracture. 
First, we see the fracture of the proximal shaft of the ulna with posterior angulation of the distal ulnar fracture fragment. A line drawn along the shaft of the radius clearly misses the capitellum and there's anterior dislocation of the radial head. Here's another example of a Montagia fracture dislocation. This one has already been placed in a cast. There is a fracture of the proximal third of the ulna. There is less shortening in this individual because the fracture has been partially reduced and the line drawn along the shaft of the radius does not intersect the capitellum because the radial head is dislocated anteriorly. Galeazzi fracture dislocations are more common than Montagia fractures. The mechanism is again a fall on an outstretched hand, usually with pronation of the forearm or a direct blow to the dorsal lateral aspect of the wrist. Galeazzi fracture dislocations are fractures of the distal third of the radius along with shortening and a posterior dislocation of the distal ulna most commonly. Complications of Galeazzi fractures include a relatively high incidence of non-union, delayed union, or malunion resulting in an unstable fracture and limitation of pronation or supination. This is an example of a Galeazzi fracture dislocation. There is a fracture of the distal third of the radius with shortening and angulation and there is clearly a dislocation of the distal ulna. On this somewhat oblique lateral view, we can see that the distal ulna is dislocated. It no longer superimposes on the distal radius. In this case, the ulna is dislocated anteriorly. Usually, the ulna dislocates posteriorly. Here's another example of a Galeazzi fracture dislocation. The red arrow is pointing to the comminuted fracture of the distal radius with slight lateral angulation of the distal fracture fragment, and then there is a dislocation of the distal ulna. Acute plastic bowing is a deformation of bone secondary to longitudinal stress placed upon that bone. It occurs almost exclusively in children ages 2 to 5. It actually is numerous microfractures on the concave surface of the bone with an intact cortex on the convex surface. It is seen most commonly in the forearm and can affect either the radius or the ulna. The most common form involves bowing of the ulna with a fracture of the radius. It is relatively rare compared to an actual fracture because a certain set of circumstances must be present for acute plastic bowing to occur. The force must be exactly longitudinal along the long axis of the bone. The force must be greater than the maximal strength of the bone and the force must be of shorter duration than the time it would take for a gross fracture to occur. It's usually produced by a fall on an outstretched hand and it usually results in a visible deformity of the forearm. On imaging studies, there's bowing of one or both of the bones of the forearm. This is best seen on the lateral view and sometimes a bone scan can show increased uptake on the concave surface of the bone where the numerous microfractures have occurred. This is an example of acute plastic bowing of the ulna. There is a fracture shown by the white and blue arrows of the radius 
and on the lateral view we can see that there is dorsal angulation and therefore shortening of the distal radial fracture fragment. The fracture of the radius is associated with anterior bowing of the midshaft of the ulna. This is acute plastic bowing. Nightstick fractures are isolated fractures of the ulna. They result from direct trauma with the forearm usually being used to block a blow as is seen in this newspaper photograph from many years ago. They can also occur with excessive supination or pronation. And they usually are fractures of the middle third of the ulna. They are invariably transverse fractures. This is an example of a nightstick fracture. Inside the red circle, we can see a non-displaced transverse fracture of the midshaft of the ulna. Other upper extremity podcasts include video podcast 16, in which fractures and dislocations of the wrist are discussed, video podcast 19, in which dislocations of the shoulder are discussed, video podcast 32, which discusses hand trauma. Now it's time for the mini quiz. You can turn your computer or MP3 player off as you consider which type of fracture of the forearm you're looking at here. Well, there's clearly a fracture of the distal radius with marked anterior angulation of the distal fracture fragment, which produces shortening and there is posterior dislocation of the distal ulna, the combination of which is a Galeazzi fracture dislocation.